everybody. Welcome to this week's Learning the Tropes. I'm Erin. And I'm Clayton. And I'm your romance novel veteran. And I'm the virgin. And we're your hosts. How's it going, Clayton? Good. So back to the weekly sketch. It feels good. Yeah. We're chatting. It's a Saturday morning. I had a rough night sleeping last night, but I am excited to talk about this book. So I said, let's just push through. Let's just do it. You got to. See, they, they, people don't understand what you go through in order to do this podcast. No, I mean, normally it's fine. It's just, you know, you have one of those like rough nights of sleep and you're just sort of out of it. And the, you know, because of quarantine and everything, it's like every once a week, Pat and I have been ordering um, takeout from one of our favorite like local restaurants. We've been doing it all through quarantine and they're very nice. And so what they're doing is like we ordered drinks with dinner and they are just making the drinks like more and more potent. <laughs> and it's like getting I'm just like, I just want like the normal amount of alcohol. I'm like, we'll keep like tipping you, but I can't do this. Do you want the March drink or do you want the August drink? I know they're like, these people keep coming back. And, you know, obviously we want to like treat them well and everything because you have to support. Uh, the things in your neighborhood that you want to make sure st- stick around. And so this is it's a really great like uh, restaurant near us called Dillinger's. Yeah. And uh, but geesh, it really <laughs> knocks you on your ass. Oh, for sure. So, but uh, it's nice of them. So it's like that and then not sleeping. And so like, you know, that's why my voice is a little bit more gravelly than normal. Nice. I got I my voice has sleep in it, too. So this is nice. Yeah. Just wake up with us. It's like we're on a morning show, a morning drive time yeah. radio. <laughs> oh, but you know what? What time they'd have? They get up at like three thirty or four a.m. because they start at like five. That would be mm-hmm. nuts. So this week we read Bliss by Fiona Zetti, and let's first judge this cover. Now I feel like there's several covers to this. There are two. Okay, so there's a couple covers. So there's two covers. So there's the original cover, which is from the like the first printing, and it's of uh, the main character Bliss Sinclair. So it's like a beautiful black woman in a in a yellow bikini, and she looks like she's kind of just like dancing in the water, like really feeling herself. And it's a pretty cover. I like that cover. The cover I got on my Kindle is the tenth anniversary cover, which is just a bathing suit a giant bit it looks like a giant bathing suit Mm -hmm. that is floating on top of the ocean i would say not a great cover no the 10th anniversary edition looks very sinister like what has happened to this woman she got disappeared and now there's just a bikini floating in the water and the ocean is way too small like the bikini is way too big for the ocean that they're showing it looks like doesn't it look like it's a like a giant lost their bathing suit i didn't see that until you have just said this and now i'm like yeah that does look like a giant bikini i assumed that it was just because we were very close to the bikini and far from the horizon but yeah i think the original was that far from the horizon that this bikini this bikini is a mile long (laughs) It's its own flotation device. Yeah, it's it's kind of a bad Photoshop. So I would say if you're going to 
choose a cover, obviously. Choose the original cover. It's a very pretty mm-hmm. cover. It's very evocative of the setting of part of this book. Yeah. And I think that the anniversary cover, you don't really know. Like, if you show me the anniversary cover, you're like, this is a murder mystery. I'd be like, cool. Looks like it. But I feel like the original cover, you it really does give you a sense of what the book is about. The woman on the cover, like she looks a little lost, but she's in the Caribbean or she's somewhere hot wearing her bikini. Like, I think, you know, it does a good job. So I would say, yeah, the same for me. Yes to original. And then I don't know. Let's see another pass on the 10th anniversary. Well, so the 10th anniversary, when did this book come out? 2005. 2005. Okay, so there could be a a 15th anniversary Mm -hmm. cover. So right now, this year so if we don't if you don't do a new publishing of this now you gotta wait another five years and and who knows what's gonna be happening in five years so i would say get that out now yeah 15th anniversary fix this problem (laughs) um all right so clayton uh what was this book about this book is about bliss sinclair who is dating a man who is not satisfying her. She's trying her hardest. It's just not happening. She meets a woman named Regina. Yes. And Regina loves all kinds of different kinds of sex. And her and and Bliss have this torrid love affair. And then Regina, after a month, says, I only have affairs for a month. That's it. I'm gone. Which puts Sinclair into a tailspin. So Bliss is from Jamaica. She goes back to visit her family, which has she hasn't seen in years and years and years. The rest of the book is about her getting to know her family again. She does start an affair with a woman named Hunter, who was having a sexual relationship with her with Sinclair's sister Lydia and that kind of creates some chaos but most of it most of the rest of the this book is about her coming to having some closure with her past I guess in a way Mm -hmm. does that sum it up yeah yeah definitely so the funny thing about this book is it's basically two books. It's two halves, yeah. So her name is Bliss Sinclair, but she's referred to as Sinclair the entire book. So it's Sinclair's like sexual awakening as a lesbian. She's 33 years old, and it seems like she's like dated men her whole life, never really had a, a super satisfying, but also just I think she just thinks like that's just kind of what sex is. It's just kind of not the she's not particularly excited about it. And she's been in deep mourning because her grandmother, who basically raised her, has passed away. And so, like, she's having a rough time. And then she meets Regina. And Regina immediately, like, takes over her life, basically. Yes. And they have sex kind of everywhere. Regina is not a good person. (laughs) Like, at all. She does fucked up things. Like, randomly brings 
Sinclair to an orgy without telling her. And it's all under the guise of like, I'm surprising you or you're going to love this or something. But it's like when you're talking about like orgies and BDSM clubs and things like that, which are like fine. If, if people want to participate in orgies and if people want to go to BDSM clubs, I'm totally cool with it. But you need to make sure your partner is OK with it before you drag them to these places. And Regina just never does. And so Regina brings uh, Sinclair to this orgy and kind of Sinclair ends up participating in the orgy without really consenting to it. Or she does. And she does like it. And it's it's just a group of women having sex. But she it's like kind of a lot and I think it's like Sinclair had was like nursing a broken heart and was confused about what's going on and it was this big moment for her sexually because I think you know talking to my friends who have been uh you know with one gender the whole life and then they go to a, like the a, a different gender that now they feel like this is who they are and who they were supposed to be with like there is that really wild sexual awakening that happens that Sinclair was already in the midst of. And I feel like Regina just really took over that and really fucked with her emotions. And it was interesting. It was interesting because obviously like we don't ever read that in romances, you know, and I think I was confused at the beginning because I was like, is this going to be her partner? Like Regina was doing such awful things that I just did not understand how this would get a happily ever after because I'm like, she's, I don't want her to be with this woman who's not a good person, (laughs) you know? Regina was a cartoon villain in a way. And she was, like you said, super manipulative and got off, I think, on the fact that Sinclair was heartbroken. Sinclair was a woman that was just coming into her sexuality Mm-hmm. And Regina kind of took advantage of that in a really sinister way. And just for me personally, this this whole thing was a, a nightmare for me because I don't like surprises, really. <laughs> and I like to kind of know what I'm getting into. So if someone brought me to a restaurant that had really high-end food on the menu but also other items such as getting spanked being choked whatever was on that menu number one i wouldn't eat the food there no because they were they were they were buying like lobster tail and stuff at an s&m restaurant and i i can't imagine a restaurant being able to focus on both things Mm-mm. one one of the things is going to not be good either the food is going to be not great and not high quality or the bdsm is going to be subpar (laughs) so i wouldn't want to take the chance either way Mm -hmm. and i i i i'm not kink shaming it in any way i think do what you want to do with who you want to do it with as long as you're hurting nobody right that's just my thought on on the the sex the sexuality, right? In the sense of if you want to do kinky stuff, if you want to do group sex, that's great if that gets you off and if you're comfortable with it and all the partners are comfortable with it. I realized reading this book 
I don't know if it's the pandemic or my age or what's going on, but this seemed like so exhausting. It, it exhausted me to think about having to do all of these things. <laughs> I was just like, can't we just stay home and watch a movie, then have sex or something? Like, can't we just do that? It's just so exhausting. The world just feels so exhausting right now. And I don't know if it is. I, it probably has a lot to do with the pandemic because normally I don't think I'm that conservative in a way. But mm-hmm. something about these times and, and just the living situation right now has really kind of, I don't know, made sex kind of a secondary thing. I don't know how, how you feel about that or if, if you know people who have experienced the same thing. Well, I think for the like pandemic, it's like I'm sure everyone's having different experiences. And also it's like it's gone on for so long. I feel like I've had so like cycled through so many experiences. Mm-hmm. I feel like if I wasn't like living with my partner, I would probably feel the same as you. Because the idea of going out, meeting somebody new, doing the dance to then have sex with somebody does seem exhausting. Before, am am like, I going to go to like an open air BDSM club? Like what? what am I... <laughs> How does BDSM work with six feet apart? What are you, like an eight-foot whip? What are you going to do? How is this going to work? I don't know. Well, they all are going to be wearing masks anyway, which is great. But I don't know if a latex leather mask is, you know, is, is I don't know if the World Health Organization would, would say that that would work for you. Right. Well, because I think if you put a filter on that thing. But I think otherwise, then it's just like you're breathing through holes cut in it, and then that sort of makes it. And the filter would be chainmail, so I don't think chainmail really does much. No. Well, and I've talked about this before, but so I used to have a podcast called Ghosted Stories, and it was all about, like, bad dating stories. And the amount of times that people would come in, mostly women talking about men, but certainly, you know, the other way around, and and talk about, like, what Regina did is love bombing. So it's, like, the first step in like manipulating somebody it's when you first meet somebody and they just throw everything at you and they're like I love you so much and you're the sexiest person and make all these plans and do all these wild things and all these big things so then the person the the like victim basically is like oh wow like we have a future like this is big and they disrupt their life and they make big choices and then that person disappears yeah Um, so I think reading it too, I was like, this is not normal. Like, you know, we we read romance and everything and obviously like love at first sight. And, you know, we've read multiple books or at least I have of like people getting married in three weeks, but love bombing is such a specific and sinister thing that it was really disturbing to read. So basically, yeah. So that's Regina. We're not fans. So then Regina, yeah, comes, breaks up with her kind of because, Regina takes her to a BDSM club and Sinclair is basically like, I don't want to do this and just leaves, which good for her. And then Regina basically breaks up with her because I I got the sense that like Regina was dating somebody else and that other person only let her date other people for like a month at a time. Yes, that was the rules is it's a month and then she is no longer allowed to be with somebody. But yeah. They were together so much. What was this other relationship? Was the per- other person in this relationship also doing a month? 
yeah. then they get back together for a month and then they do another month of somebody else. That's the thing. You know, obviously, if you want to be like Polly or, you know, in relationship with more than one person, like I, I don't have an issue with it. But I am just like, how do you find the time and the emotional energy for it? Like that's it just seems like really tough, like a lot of work. The feeding each other from the mouths when when they share that that piece of food at the restaurant, Mm. the, the first time they kiss, they have a mouthful of food. I just was retching. I yeah. find that. And it was like rice, too. Yeah. And the, there's like little particles. I just, that to me just is not sexy. Anything with food just isn't sexy. Yes. It's got to be separate. You got to separate. There's the table and there's the bedroom and that's, sorry, I just can't. That's just me personally. Again, not shaming anybody. <laughs> um, so then in response to the breakup, Sinclair just leaves to go back to Jamaica where she was born, where she lived till she was 13 when her mother died in a bus accident, obviously suddenly and tragically. And then her father still lives there. Um, So she goes to Jamaica to spend time with her father and his new family. And it's funny because I feel like in a normal romance, this is where the book starts. Like the book basically starts with her deciding to go to Jamaica or her even like getting off the plane in Jamaica because it you know what I mean like in other romances like we've certainly heard about past relationships or or we hear about bad breakups or something like that and maybe there's even a flashback but we've never before spent so much time like every moment in a in an entirely different relationship and I can't say that I loved it (laughs) and it could be just because it was such a destructive and bad relationship but um once the book moves to Jamaica then I really liked the book but I think at that stage too I was thinking I was like is this just not a a romance like what is happening now and I felt like there wasn't a clear through line um and it felt more like sort of like a woman coming age coming into her sexuality which is fine. Obviously, not every book has to be a, ro- a romance. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because it, we're called learning the tropes and maybe I just wanted it to be more tropey and it wasn't. It was a kind of its yeah. own thing. Yeah, and that it was a nice change up, I feel mm-hmm. like. But the thing is, we, we always kind of want to do a romance on this podcast because we're a romance podcast. So we wouldn't right. want to steer people to a book that, like you said, isn't, isn't a, I don't want to say conventional romance, but yeah, has a central relationship and then a happily ever after because you texted me you started reading this book before I started reading it and you said I think this I think I messed up I don't think this is a romance and I thought okay well you know we'll figure we'll figure it out if it's not it's fine if it's an erotic if it's erotica that's good because we haven't done erotica really but it did I mean I think it did turn out to be more of a romance than you were you were fearing yeah certainly I, I well the thing is is like a romance is a central relationship and a happily ever after and this got a, a happily ever after and there was but, a central relationship for like the second half of the book but it mm-hmm. wasn't through the entire book and so I think that's the thing I was like you know 20 percent in and there wasn't a central relationship and I was sort of like okay well I don't know what's happening here 
Yeah, this is a romance I with a caveat, I guess, that it's yeah. half a romance or half of it's a romance. Like, really, you can... Like you said, this book should have started with, you know, Regina breaking up with her or her stepping off the plane. Mm-hmm. And that's... And then that's... So if you... If you don't want to read this and you don't want to read about BDSM and all that stuff, you can kind of just know that that was a really bad relationship and now this is what she does after that bad relationship. So you could kind of skip the first kind of, what, 20% of this book? Yeah. Well, so the author, Fiona Zetti, so she's Jamaican and it was really interesting to read this book and I think I not knowing as much about the book I assumed that it was a woman like going to a resort but it's not it's about a woman going and like really immersing herself in Jamaican culture which I loved because I know very little about Jamaican culture um as do I yeah I mean I have friends who are like Jamaican American and whatever and I think you know the food kind of and just generally talking to them but I don't know much about I realize like I'm like oh I don't know much about like the landscape of Jamaica I don't know much about the food I don't know much about uh the culture and it was really interesting to learn more about it and I think there's been so much talk nowadays about own voices writing and things like that in regards to representation. And I think this is a great example of like why it is important because I don't know that somebody not Jamaican and and not a lesbian from Jamaica would be able to give you kind of the breadth and depth of the book that this author is able to give because of her lived experiences. Um, Yeah, she can get into those nooks and crannies that somebody who read a book about Jamaica or like you said, went to a resort Mm -hmm. would just not be able to experience Mm -hmm. right because it's like you know I finished this book yesterday and it feels like I have been to Jamaica (laughs) like I feel like I know more or when somebody brings it up or something I'm going to have more of a like a touch point of like oh this is this is what it's like there this is what the people there are like and um obviously it's not a substitute for going to the place or, or other people's lived experiences, but it really did uh, give some insight and like made me fall in love with Jamaica a little bit because, you know, Sinclair has a really lovely family, even though it is very funny that, so she shows up. So Sinclair is 33. Her father has remarried a woman named Nikki, who seems like maybe the loveliest woman in the world. Like I was obsessed with Nikki and they have a son named Xavier. Nikki's 22. <laughs> yes, she's very young. She's much younger. And, and she it, looks way younger than 22, yeah. according to what the what the book says. Right. Sinclair's constantly like, yeah, she looks even younger, which is just kind of like creepy and wild. But I, everyone else is okay with it. And so she's fine with it, too. If and, dad's happy, dad's happy. Yeah. And like Nikki also seems very like they do seem like they have a lovely relationship. So it's like, oh, who cares? And um, so her father throws her a party at the house of Sinclair's stepsister, Lydia, not stepsisters, um, half-sister Lydia, who until that moment, Sinclair did not know about. Like, he's just like, 
this is your your half sister. You guys grew. You guys were born around the same time. And Sakura was like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" I'm like, "I thought you were happy with my mother. I thought that you guys got along, but you were having an affair." And her father's like, "Well, your mother was having affairs too, so it's like fine. I don't know. It's Jamaica. What do you want me to do about it?" And yeah. I was just like, this is wild. And it is insane that at no point, because like presumably Sinclair has been in communication with her father all these years. I mean, it doesn't seem like they have a particularly strong relationship, but like they have a relationship and that at no stage was he's like, oh yeah, listen, you have a sister. It's your exact age because uh, Sinclair's father also has like a full relationship with Lydia, like paternal relationship. So it's so weird to me that whole thing was just kind of wild and like Sinclair is a very chill person and so that she was just able to roll with it It was like oh cool now I have a sister and then they just kind of acted like sisters for the rest of the book was very funny to me was outside of my experience you know well that's the thing I think it's outside of your experience and I think we forget as Americans how conservative we are when it comes to infidelity the family unit things mm-hmm. like that other countries they're not as hung up with the quote-unquote morality of infidelity or having more than one family there's a lot of layers to sort of like what Sinclair is doing in Jamaica and and I think one of the reasons why she goes back that she never really explicitly says but it's like clearly important to her is to like learn more about her mother because her mother died when you know Sinclair was still very young so I think Sinclair thought of them having a good relationship and being very much in love when her mother died. So I think it was surprising to Sinclair, too. Um, and, and she learns more about her mother sort of as she learns a lot about her mother, a lot about her mom. <laughs> but she uh, but Sinclair herself is it's not necessarily the affair or that there are other children. I think it's just that like. The never mentioning it is the thing that's crazy to me. Where yeah, it's like you could ne- not mention you bought a new car. Like if if you showed up at your parents' house and they had a new car that they'd had for a couple years, like say you hadn't seen them for a couple years and they had a new car and they didn't mention it, mm-hmm. that's understandable. But if you went into the house and there was a girl exactly your same age and your dad said, "Oh, this is your your half sister." <laughs> Right. I that would is just a be difference like, there. It seems like you could have told me this earlier. Just shoot me a text. Yeah, just be like, oh, hey, also you have a half-sister. Here's a and, pick. I mean, I thought that was wild. Yeah, I mean, I guess if you're... I, I mean, I don't know how much of a culture Jamaica has around, like, infidelity, but, like, you know, sort of... Uh, you know, because also I'm basing all of my knowledge of Jamaican culture on like this book <laughs> so you know I don't know but in this book that's sort of what it how it's uh that it showed as being kind of relaxed about it yeah which is fine whatever it's fine he also like Victor is a really great guy the entire book as well and really supportive of both the fact that both of his daughters are gay which is nice to see and I think that you know you would think that that could possibly not be the case because um also there's, there's yeah, a twi- lot of anti-gay yeah. violence in this book mm-hmm. yeah or there's like two, two pretty disturbing yeah. scenes 
Yeah, I mean, trigger warning for that because it was those are both really upsetting. Lydia Hunter and Sinclair get an altercation with some young men. These young men who like just start to aggressively attack them. That happens, and then at the near the end, there's a very harrowing situation with Hunter and Sinclair, where they're kind of in a very isolated area and two men or boys basically attack them which is scary but it is i think good and interesting that was added to this book and it showed sort of you know what sinclair would be facing sort of if she stayed in jamaica as a out woman yeah because the i think the struggle for her in this book is does she stay or does she go Mm -hmm. which the clash famously sang about but we we feel so she, i mean she's she has a corporate job that seems to be we don't really know what she does right she's head of accounting accounting oh she okay well by that i mean i don't know what the head of accounting does is what oh, I'm who, nobody does no that's impossible to know she goes to work sits down types some numbers and mm-hmm. stares into space goes home Mm-hmm. and has a sore butt from sitting on a, from a chair all day. Is that your idea of an office job? <laughs> that is. I've had an office job. That is what it is. Yeah. No, I forgot the times that you stand up, go into the break room, and grab food to eat even though you're not hungry because you're just so bored. Right, right. Yeah, that's it. Offices are killing us, period. So Well, not anymore. Nobody's in an office or, like, very few. But guess what? Now your home's your office and your home is killing you. Mm. Truth bomb. <laughs> but I do I, I do think that she has this like really kind of, I'm assuming, this might be biased, boring job that pays her really well. But she's in Jamaica. It, it, all of her experiences in Jamaica are so vivid. Like it's it, it's it's so funny how nauseated i was by food at the beginning of this book and then how hungry this book made me yeah. later with just i mean i wanted to eat all of these meals i wanted to taste yeah. all of these drinks i wanted to experience all of these things and of course your life is going to seem more vivid because you're going from what seemed like black and white to technicolor and of course that's that also could be the thing where you're at a place where you're not working and it's great, but once she moved to Jamaica, she'd have to get a job, so it wouldn't be... It's like I lived in Hawaii for two years, and visiting Hawaii after I moved back was great because I didn't have to work there. But my mm-hmm. life in Hawaii was, you know, nine. I had a nine-to-five job. So, yes, it was great to be able to go to the beach sometimes, but I wasn't just living the paradise life. I had to make a living. So... There is that reality that can set in if she moved there as well. And I think that there's this pull. It really reminded me. Did you read um, Brooklyn by Colin Tobin? I saw the movie. I did not read the book. Ah, that's the same. So, but love that movie, by the way. Oh, the movie's great. But it's basically about this person who emigrates to America and 
and America doesn't feel like home. And then gradually as time goes on, America feels like home and Ireland, where she's from, stops feeling like home. And how that switch happens when you move to a new place. Um, and so this book really reminded me of that, of, you know, Sinclair, it, she seemed, even though it's like, you know, the beginning of the book, she's having a wild fuck fest with Regina. Sinclair still feels profoundly lonely. We don't see any friends while she's there. She has her boyfriend who seems like a nice enough guy, but like she's clearly not interested in him. And she spends a lot of time alone. And the thing is, when she goes to Jamaica, she's surrounded by a lot of family and a lot of memories of her mother and growing up and, um, constant like family meals and events and going to see these people and, and meeting new friends and it just seems like such a richer life and I can see that her having that experience where she went to Jamaica thinking it was a vacation and then sort of Jamaica started feeling like home and New York seemed like the vacation or not the vacation but seemed like you know sort of the other place um which I really liked I think we should get down and talk about her and Hunter which I do think ends up being a really lovely relationship and sort of the one that I wanted for Sinclair ultimately and is the one that gets the happily ever after. Yes, and Hunter is is so much a better fit for Sinclair than Regina because Hunter is pretty much out and proud mm-hmm. and that's good, but she's not forcing Sinclair to do crazy stuff against her will, she is opening Sinclair up to different experiences and takes her on fun adventures, but it's they're not as aggressive and it's not done out of aggression. It's not done out of some need for power. Yeah. And she just seems like really fun. Yeah, like just like a fun, nice person who... Uh, so Hunter also was born in Jamaica, but spent a significant portion of her life in England and then came back to Jamaica to basically set up a life because she just seemed to hate England, which um, you can't relate to. It's hard to imagine. But also I can see like coming from Jamaica, then going to like, I think she was in like Birmingham or Manchester. I was like, yeah, I can see that. that would be a bit of a letdown. Just the lack of sunlight would be yeah. insane. Oh, totally. So, um, and has really also built a community. It seems like there's like a pretty robust lesbian community uh, where they are in Jamaica, which is great. So I think Hunter really feels like a part of everything. And then she just also wants Sinclair to feel like a part of everything, which is nice, which is what you should want. What you would want for the person you love is for them to feel like loved and appreciated and taken care of. And I think you know, in the contrast to those sort of like very violent incidences that that Sinclair has, she also has a lot of like really lovely instances of, um, uh, you know, meeting other gay people or other lesbians and sort of seeing how different people live their life there. Um, she finds her mother's girlfriend, Della, who who lived next door who seems kind of great too and like almost becomes sort of a second mother to um, Sinclair as well and sort of shows her her mother's grave and and things that she had never seen. And so like it's all, you know, 
I am not a lesbian, but I feel like I have enough lesbian friends that I feel like the interconnectedness of everybody in the community felt very real to me as well. <laughs> as well, the far fact as just that, like stories I've heard. The fact that Lydia is was only dating was only dating um uh, Hunter. Hunter because she was in love with Della. Mm-hmm. Still. And Della had an affair with Beverly, who was Sinclair's mother. Mm-hmm. And then also so, had an affair with Hunter. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But, but I mean, that, I guess, is, is, like you said, I mean, according, you know, the way things sometimes happen when you have a smaller community. Yeah, so Hunter's able to really show Sinclair a, a really beautiful side of life. And it's able to be more patient with her and also show her kind of what a real relationship is. Like every time Hunter comes by the family, she always like brings a present for um, Sinclair's younger half brother. And it's just really sweet. And they have a good relationship. The The ending of this book is that Sinclair is going to go back mm-hmm. to New York, but then Hunter shows up. And they agree that they are going to try to make it work. Well, I like that Hunter has that moment where they're like in bed, like the last day together. They spend the whole day together. And Hunter's basically like, I'm going to only ask you once. I need, I want you to stay. I love you. All these things. And Sinclair is sort of like, you know, has this feeling like she has to go back. And Hunter like kind of gets mad at her and is like, I'm not going to ask you again. I'm not going to like chase you around. And also, if you don't want to be with me, if you don't want to try to make this work, like I don't want to hear from you. And it like really puts her foot down. And then Sinclair is like, oh, I have to go back. And so Sinclair goes to the airport. And then as she's like in the airport, she's like, wait, what am I going back to? She's like an empty apartment, a job I don't like, no friends, no relationship. (laughs) She's like, going back kind of sucks and seems pointless. And then as she walks out of the airport, Hunter's there and is sort of like, well, I know I would say I wouldn't ask you again, but also like here I am asking you again, which I really like yeah. sort of like that humbling moment for Hunter as well. And then they decide to make it work. And it's very lovely. It is. She's yeah. like, you need a ride? Aw. Yeah. So here, here's, the, here's the big question. Would you fuck them? Um, and we're talking about Hunter and Sinclair. None of us are fucking Regina. No, not a not on your life. It's no. too much work. Who? Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> I had a friend who, on her first date with a guy, he took her to a sex party, and I was just like, "Oh, that sounds really cool." And then she that like that was all the relationship ended up being was like various sex parties. <laughs> she was just sort of like, "Yeah, it's really boring now. Uh, yes, I'm kind of over it." Could it. Get and boring. It's like, I could see that. Everything gets boring. And it was just making me laugh. And like, even this, she's just like, yeah, it's, you know, it's just what it is, I guess. I don't know. (laughs) Would I fuck Hunter and Sinclair? Yes. They both seemed very hot. And sure. Yes, I would. I would fuck them. I don't know if they would fuck me. They wouldn't. They're not interested. But, you know. And they shouldn't be. I mean, not not because they can be interested in whoever they want, but I just feel like I'm not in their wheelhouse at all. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know that I am either. But if we're going like, were, did you think they were attractive? Then, yeah, I thought they were both very attractive. 
Absolutely. That's the basis of would you fuck them. I feel like we started that kind of as a joke. And then it's been like sometimes some weeks it gets really hard to answer. (laughs) Yes. But it's I think that's all the question is. is Like, did you think that they were like attractive and sexy? And Yes. It's funny because sometimes we're like, we don't want to get in the way of the relationship. I know. I don't know. They seem like they have a good thing going. I don't know where I would (laughs) fit in. Yeah. Um, All right. Should we do Goodreads list? Of course. Let's do it. All right. So first, let's FF Sapphicathon recommendations. Female, female. Uh-huh. Yes. So, yeah, absolutely. LGBTQ plus romances. Yes. Fiction novels with black or lesbian characters. Yes. Fiction about lesbian, bisexual, and queer women of color. Yes. Take you away to the beach. Yes, these list makers are nailing it. <laughs> uh, romance novels with a beach on the cover. I mean, te- it's the ocean. We don't see a beach. Yeah, so, God, I just shouldn't have said that because this could have been a streak of all yeses. So, no. Oh. LGBTQA plus romance by writers of color. Yes. Books with shortest titles. I mean, not the shortest title ever, but short yeah. yeah, bliss. It is funny that the book is, uh, this irked me, <laughs> like that the book is called Bliss and she's never once referred to by her actual name. It's always like, there. That is so funny. I know that is so funny. And one, a few times in the book, they'll, instead of saying Sinclair said, they'll have Bliss said and I'll think, who the fuck is Bliss? <laughs> oh, wait, the person that this book is named after. Yeah. But Sinclair, I, used... I guess, doesn't have the same kind of... Uh, I know. The... You couldn't name the book Sinclair. I like. I used to work with a girl named Bliss, and I loved her name. So I thought that of, like at one moment in the, in the book, she would be like, now I want to be called Bliss. But it we... never happened. Becoming um, Bliss. Yeah, that, and I'm kind of glad it wasn't like she reawakened and now call me Bliss. I would mm-hmm. not like that. Uh, here's a list just called Water. well that is insane and i guess what are you looking for if you are clicking on that list water i guess books with water so water just in any sense water yeah i i guess yes but that's like saying that's like having a list that's that is air of course they're all breathing air well there's probably water in every but there's probably water in every book that we've read in some capacity, even if somebody's drinking a glass of it. Yeah. I hate that list. <laughs> uh, and then finally, my, Les- sorry. No, just my mood was really high and now it's really low. Yeah. Lesbian themed books. Yes. All right. Those were the lists. All right, Clayton, what are your tropes? Water. <laughs> Air, feet, people. No, so LGBTQ plus romances, people of color in romance, BDSM, live sex shows, food sex play, one of my hated tropes. Yeah, that's a warning for you. Anybody who recommends books from now on, please put a warning if there is food play, if there's any sort of licking food off people's fingers, 
sharing food. Not sharing food as in like, do you want do you want half of this kind of thing? Because I like that, you know, when you're dating somebody and you both order something that each other would like and then you have it up. That's the best thing in the world. But keep your fingers out of my mouth. Uh-huh. Family reunion. Hero goes home. Sisters fight over same lover. Yeah. Which happens in this book, kind of, although Lydia is really not as into Hunter as 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 Sinclair is. Mm-hmm. And I Hunt and she broke up with Hunter. Like I think when they first started getting together, I was a little worried about that. But uh, as it played out, I was like, "Oh, this is fine." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because because were you afraid Sinclair was just falling into some a pattern of of being in relationships that weren't gonna work out? Yeah, yeah. I was worried for that too. So those are my tropes. Aaron, what are your tropes? Um. So I have love bombing, bad breakups big city person in a small town, a lesbian set in the Caribbean, and a homecoming. Nice. So yeah, not as tropey as we would like it to be. No, but still good. I mean, I think I was worried the first part of the book with Regina. I was like, I'm not going to like this book. I do not like this. But ultimately, I really did enjoy it. So I'm ult- ultimately, I will recommend it. Yes, and I will say that since so many of us are not able to go on any sort of vacation, especially a tropical one, the... Second half of this book is very evocative and will, I guess, I don't know, will it make you sad you can't go to Jamaica? Maybe. But you also get transported in a way that I think only books can do. Yeah. All right, Clayton, what has you swooning this week? So this and I, this is a book that I'm currently reading and I am just loving it. It's a book called Breath, The New Science of a Lost Art by James Nestor. And this book is a bombshell because this all this research has been going on behind my back. And I know nobody <laughs> is doing it on purpose. They're not doing it maliciously. But I do feel like somebody should have told me that breathing from your nose is a miraculous way to cure yourself what? or at least make you healthier. Cure yourself is now I'm going to sound like a crazy person. But yeah. – This book is about a gentleman who is researching the act of breathing and the different ways it can help you and the ways breathing wrong can hurt you. And a lot of what I'm extrapolating is breathing through your mouth is not good. So this book is changing the way I breathe, which is a huge change for me. Not that I'm a huge mouth breather, but I do think that most people breathe out of their mouth a lot more than they should. So this it's it's going into the ancient research and the new research and all these things. It's really fascinating. And so I would say, I mean, I finished it, but I'm blowing through it pretty fast. And it's really captured my attention in a really powerful way. So I would say Breath, The New Science of a Lost Art by James Nestor. Aaron, what are you swooning about? So... Like we said last week, twice, there are so many things to swoon about. And I have like a long list now. And I was thinking, well, what could swoon for this week? And I realized there really was only one choice. So it's the new album from The Chicks called Gaslighter, which is about an awful breakup, the breakup of the lead singer. Um, 
And it is so good. I've been a fan of them since they were the Dixie Chicks. Now they're just the Chicks. Um, and it's a really fun album. For so, like the songs are really great. They're they're great songwriters and they're great artists. But I really loved how specific Natalie is. Where it's normally in this breakup album, you have to really be like, what really happened, and you have to like go through the lyrics and be like oh that was probably that but this is the most upfront she's clearly talking about her ex-husband there's a song called tights on my boat about how her (laughs) how her ex-husband had an affair with a woman and the woman left her tights on natalie means boat and it's so good it's so good it's so funny it's so specific it's so you can feel like the anger and the passion behind it and it's just an excellent album. It's great driving music. I was able to drive to it for a while, and it was an awesome experience. Um, but yeah, Gaslighter by the Chicks. It's a fantastic. If you're one of like the you know dozen or so people who haven't already listened to it, you get on it. I admit I haven't listened to it yet, but I need to now because of your your endorsement of it. Yeah, it came out like around the same time as Folklore, so I've been really just kind of monopolized by folklore but i'm gonna go from cardigan to tights so Mm -hmm. that's good tights on my boat tights on my boat is hilarious i mean i gotta at least listen to that song as soon as we're done recording all right so please don't forget to rate review subscribe it's how people find us on apple podcasts if you are holding a phone in your hand right now why don't just go to the apple podcast just write us a little review it helps people find us we really appreciate anyone who takes the time we read them all um if you have any suggestions for us go ahead and email us at learning the tropes podcast at gmail.com we're on twitter at learning tropes instagram at learning the tropes uh and we have our facebook group the learning the tropes troop i think like we mentioned last week we are sort of exploring maybe leaving facebook maybe trying some other venues because we do really like being able to talk to you guys um and have that sort of atmosphere but we're trying to think maybe facebook is in the great the best place for it so if you have an ideas uh, let us know if you want to join the troop while it exists. Please come over. And then next week, we are going to be reading Fight or Flight by Samantha Young. It was very highly recommended by a lot of people. So I, it's going to be a good one, I think. And then finally, Learning the Tropes is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media backslash podcasts. All right, bye, guys. Bye, stay well. Bye.